Hi, this is Robert Duncan McNeil, also known as Tom Paris from Star Trek Voyager. You're listening to Trek FM. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 23 of Commentary, Trek Stars, a show which deals with the work of Star Trek creators outside of Star Trek. This week is Part 5 in our series on Ronald D. Moore as a showrunner, where we look at his fourth show, Caprica. I'm Mike. I'm Mike. And today we are joined once again by our co-host from Commentary, Track Stars Off Topic, Brandon. How's it going, Brandon? I'm where I want to be right now in my life. So awesome. I'm good. You're where I want you to be right now, too. That's really sick. <laughs> Weird. Weird. But I like it. Uh, whatever. So. Yes. While the finale of Battlestar Galactica was being shot, the premiere of Caprica was being prepped. And three weeks after Battlestar Galactica ended, the pilot movie for Caprica was released on... Uh, DVD, I guess. I, I think it also played uh, on TV, but I know we, we watched the DVD. Brandon and I watched the DVD the day it came out. Yeah, I think the it premiered on TV just a hair later. Okay. So Caprica is the prequel to Battlestar Galactica, which was created by Ron Moore and Remy Obushan. Mm-hmm. And it takes place approximately 50 years before the events in uh, Battlestar Galactica, Caprica before the fall. And it follows two families. There's one family where Eric Stoltz plays a, uh, let's say, Steve Jobs type of figure. You mean the guy from Back to the Future? The guy who was not in Back to the Future, except for that one shot. Yeah, it's from one shot of Back to the Future. He plays the the Greystone. Right. Like a much more hands-on version of Steve Jobs. But he's a genius who creates all sorts of new technologies, and one of his newest technologies is something called a Cylon. Yeah, he's he's kind of every tech billionaire wrapped into one guy wearing a fancy suit. Right. And then there's a second family with a a guy who's kind of a mob lawyer with the last name of Adama. Ooh, what's that callback to? Adams. Adams. He changes it to Adama, right, in in the first episode. Well, he doesn't change it. He just admits that his real name is Adama. And and these two families uh, become intertwined when a terrorist attack on a train kills both of their children. Or in in the case of of Adams or Adama... His wife as well. So, so they they kind of bond over this, and the story goes from there. And it deals with the creation of the Cylons, uh, the creation of artificial intelligence, uh, and then there's also some some other weird stuff going on in terms of the society in general, and uh, the 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 shift, the sl- very slow shift from polytheism to monotheism in part of this culture, and 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 it really does sort of look at how this society started moving in the direction of the end. Also, it does it does seem to follow a particular model where it seems pretty clear that, that they didn't cause their own extinction. They just made something that turned out to be really dangerous. Like this isn't like as a, in terms of cautionary tales, we invented artificial intelligence and it killed a bunch of us. 
That doesn't really seem like a particularly <clears throat> cautionary tale so much as, yeah, we didn't see that coming because we didn't anticipate it turning evil and killing all of us. Well, the idea that <laughs> it's not just a random, like, AI, mm-hmm. but it was based on a person, and it, it's kind of that person's memory of being a person that's what led to the, the robots rebelling. Yeah, the, there's there is sort of a, like a complicated sort of like a, like statement involved where they where they push the, the the fall of Rome like sort of imagery and concept really hard as Caprica begins, but we also know that like this fall happens because of the Cylon War because the Cylons like rise up to destroy their oppressors, the human race, and. Those are two very different things. Well, like Rome didn't fall because there was a political revolution because of all the slaves. I mean, it it fell because it like it bankrupted itself. Basically, the Steve Jobs character was trying to figure out how to make the Cylons. Yeah, he had work. he had the robot. He had the physical. He had the body. It just it just couldn't do anything because it was too stupid. Right. Essentially, the idea of using his dead daughter's memories to kind of create this artificial intelligence and then turning that into a weird slave thing. Yeah. Really weird ancestral thing going on. Well, that's Um, the thing. It's super labored and it goes through so many different steps. Like the first episode of the show, like his daughter makes an AI of herself and he's like, your AI is great. I need that AI for my Cylon because then it wouldn't be stupid and I can finally market it. And she's like, well, I mean, yeah, like, you, uh, I don't want to do that. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to make you do it anyway. But then he needs like a piece of hardware in order to put it in there. And then he gets in contact with the Adamas and then they get the chip and they put it in the thing. And then like, it's his daughter, but it's not really his daughter because apparently everything falls apart. And there's some sort of technical glitch. Well, but apparently they have, yeah. Like, it's like, there's so many different things that don't really mean anything that just sort of happen in order to make the pieces fit. Yeah. I mean, the, the idea... That there is this super Facebook that like so much of yourself is in the the cloud for lack of a better word yeah. that they can piece together your identity. I mean that's cool sounding in theory, but the idea that you can create even a fraction of a person from that is very strange well, to me. Still, well, she she does explicitly state at some point in the series that she did get the idea from God. The idea that she invented it is one thing, because she seems pretty smart, but it also seems like she was cheating. She had a cheat code. Okay, well, before we get too far into it, j- just some, some background. Uh, this show was created by Moore, along with Remy Obishan. The uh, initial concept, you know, Moore was, was, was kind of thinking about while doing Battlestar Galactica, and at the same time, Obishan was pitching a movie to Universal about uh, artificial intelligence that uh, Universal didn't like on its own but thought might be a good fit with what Moore was working on. So the two of them teamed up to create this show, which Moore ran for, I think, the first six episodes before handing off to Jane Espenson, which I think had always been the plan. He just wanted to get the show going in a certain direction before giving it to Espenson to run herself. So what are your thoughts about the uh, the show in general, Brandon? It's okay. 
Like it's um it's almost approaching too much backstory information that's kind of eluded. Um but there's they do some cool things that make it worth it. Like like I don't know if it's necessary, but by the time they got to the end, it would have been cool to see that whole thought process pan out. It's not necessary, but it was made, and now you're left with like these cliff, these cliffhanger for ideas. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, it was intriguing, but I don't know if they needed to have the Damas involved. Well, they didn't. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, obviously, that's those are the he was the main character from the uh, main show, so that's your tie-in. But I don't know if you need that per se. Um, and a lot of that stuff seemed didn't seem necessary. Like his whole family thing with his his brother who was a mafia dude. Like that whole thing. I don't know if that was really needed per se. I don't know. There's other. There's probably another way you could have done that. But I understand why they did that. Just for I'm sure to pitch it to studios or whatever. Um, it was okay. I mean, yeah. one thing that we should say in regards to what you were, were talking about is the show was canceled after one season, and uh, there were definitely some things that were left unresolved. Well, it was canceled before. It was canceled before they <laughs> even aired all the episodes. Uh, the The last few episodes premiered on DVD, which is weird. It's like it wasn't this, wasn't BSG like the biggest show for Sci Fi Channel ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can get into to the reasons behind that. Uh, in, is it a conspiracy? In a second, no. I mean, I think it has to do more. They don't with want us to know what, what they are overlords. What they ended up doing with it, but Max, what, what were your thoughts on the show? I, I was I was really disappointed that uh, rather than you know continue to expand and do interesting things, they essentially just you know reverted back into something that was already successful. I mean, that's sort of the the problem with uh, a successful franchise. You end up just sort of going deeper and deeper into it, trying to find as many, you know, mineable resources as possible. And, uh, and you know, prequels are sort of uh, a constant trap that people end up going to. You know, the, this thing was successful uh, and it ended. Well, let's go before it ended and tell a different story. Caprica certainly felt very Star Wars prequely in the sense that I know where this is going and I don't really care. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I suppose it's a bit more like the contemporary world but I don't know if that's that interesting yeah that's um, actually one of the things that really like really bothered me about it because it they had this show that was that was totally unique and there wasn't really a thing like it it was a recreation of a thing from the 70s and 80s but it really didn't work like that show in any way and it was an entirely new thing and in order to follow up on it they made like a primetime soap opera set in a city with a bunch of people in fancy clothes having you know political and social conspiracies against each other and like like affairs and and assassinations and the mob and lawyers and businessmen and it's like this is exactly like a lot of other shows and what you've done is you've taken this crazy sci-fi show stripped it of everything that it was and shoved the remaining elements that are really insignificant like you know like robots into a primetime soap 
and called it Caprica. That's a completely ridiculous and stupid thing to do. I mean, like, there, there's a lot of different things you can do with, with the medium of television and continuing a franchise that has concluded feels a little forced, but continuing the franchise that has concluded by doing something that you can get without that franchise is silly. If you're going to continue the franchise, continue it in a way that honors how good it was, not by doing something that anybody else can do. And the fact is Caprica is too much like a primetime soap opera that you can find on any channel. I agree with that. I mean, I did like the show overall, um, but I think that there were elements that they introduced that could have been expounded on and probably <laughs> maybe made more of a focus than they were. Yeah, um, it was, it was, it was largely the, burdened by its format. For me personally, I, I did uh, enjoy the show quite a bit, and one of the things that I liked about it so much was what uh, you guys seem to be complaining about, and that's the fact that... Uh, it is a prequel, and it is um, not like the original. And I know that it's more complicated than that, but let me get through this. You know, basically, Battlestar Galactica deals with the end of a society, and we never really get to see anything more than a few glimpses of how that society functions. Certainly, the backstory and everything was was there, but uh, to actually see it happen. I think is is really interesting, and since you're talking about the entire history of a culture, I think there's plenty of of stuff that you can do with that, you know, in that prequel series. If I have a problem with what they did, it's that they made it too close to the events in Battlestar Galactica, and by that I mean the introduction of the Cylons, the fact that there is an Adama in it, the, that's forced. I mean, the the Cylon thing I can forgive because you know it is sort of like a natural progression into uh, the series. But having Adama be involved with that, or having the Adamas be involved with that, I think is is much too forced. That's sort of like my big complaint about it. The idea of it being a prime time soap opera, as you say, well, I don't think that that is quite an an accurate description. I think that that's a a pretty big oversimplification of what it is. I, I, I think that uh, it, it is cool that they can depart from uh, the sort of formula of the other show so dramatically. And uh, that's that's another key to what makes this show a success for me. And it, it's kind of infuriating at times because um, as the show progressed it sort of moved further and further away from that and closer and closer to what Battlestar Galactica was. And at the same time, it also gets better and better while doing that. And it's like, oh, you're messing up your 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 premise here that you can do something different and great by, you know, saying it's too different. Let's move closer to it. And now it actually does get better. Oh, see. It's crazy to me because you're saying like they were doing something different, but BSG was different. BSG, BSG was, was a wildly different. different show from anything else on the air. Sure. And their thing that was different from BSG was something that was similar to a lot of other stuff. Well, I mean, to be fair, like it wasn't trying to be like Star Trek or, or another sci-fi show. It was trying to move the sci-fi genre and to frame it in a different 
like you said, like a kind of soap opera or yeah. primetime TV thing, which is both different from what the original BSG did and the remake. So in that in that sense, I get it, and I, I don't mind the kind of conventions of um, of that world put into a kind of the framework of a of a uh, soap opera or whatever. That's well, not I don't, I don't have a problem with that concept. I'm just saying that like BSG was very original. And and like this, the argument Mike is making that it was different, I think is is bizarre because it was different from BSG, but yeah. it was different by being similar to things. Well, I mean, that's on the, TV. I think that's the difference in, in our opinion. That I don't think that it was very similar to a lot of things on TV. I mean, there's that, it, you could say it was similar <laughs> because it was what like you're saying a quote unquote primetime soap opera. Well, although I don't think that's fi- accurate, I mean, just fi- but. I do think that, uh, you know, the the stuff that, that was going on inside of that show, you know, using that format to tell these stories was quite interesting and quite unlike anything that, that I can think of on TV. I mean, the idea of doing a, a show about, you know, personal relationships and family dramas and everything, there's nothing wrong with that. And putting that in this context, I think, is putting a different... Uh, spin on on those events on those characters and, but, but and by shining a different light on them but by taking Battlestar Galactica elements and putting them into this context they limit the scope of the the medium that they're working with and yeah. and they like essentially by by extending Battlestar Galactica into this show they uh, they crippled both they, I, I, they they cut themselves in both directions because if you're expanding something that already exists, you're limited by the scope of the original parameters. And so they were creating an expansion for BSG, and that is a problem with Caprica. And another problem with expanding the scope of BSG is expanding it into a smaller box. And Caprica is a much smaller box than BSG. You know, I, I think that by setting it in the Battlestar Galactica world... It is expanding on that. The fact that it is a smaller story than Battlestar Galactica, well, I mean, I think it has to be because it can't get much bigger. But I think what you're doing is instead of saying, like, look at this huge new concept, which will add so much to Battlestar Galactica, what it's saying is we know what Battlestar Galactica is. We know what the world is. Now what we're going to do is instead of adding to it by making it bigger, we're going to flesh out and color what it is you already know about it. And I think that make, telling a smaller story in this world is uh, interesting because you have that huge backstory which you can sort of rely on and which will uh, color the small story and, and, and you know, put a different spin on that. Uh, so I think it does work both ways instead of not work both ways. I think uh, I'm I don't have a problem with the the format of the show. I just think the elements they chose from BSG weren't expressed well or could have been expressed better. I mean, uh, they could have been expressed better in the framework of the show they made. I would agree with you see, that. You see, my feeling is that like everything that we're talking about is is avoiding the primary issue, which is that... Uh, by spinning off BSG, they admitted two things. One, we're not going to do something better. And two, we know that you'll be more interested in this than if it were original property. But the truth is that if Caprica was not connected to BSG in any way, 
I would have been incredibly excited about it, and I would have watched every episode as it aired because. But BSG itself is a reimagination of a previous show. I mean, like that's. But Caprica isn't a new thing. It's I, a prequel. I, well, I, under- I understand I, that, but like, there's like we said in the previous episode, like there's a reason why. Or like, I guess we didn't see it, but there's a reason why they chose to incorporate the elements of the original show and then kind mm-hmm. of reimagine that show I mean, there's a certain cachet that the show has good and bad um that's easier to work within that framework than create a whole new show yeah and 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 that's that is the thing i think is is sad about it because when you when you create a new thing that is a really bold but i mean i don't i don't think i don't think that you're necessarily creatively bankrupt because you're using old stuff. I don't well, think I'm, not, a, I'm not saying creatively bankrupt. I'm, I'm saying that Caprica, by being in the BSG world, it, it diminishes everything. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the aversion to prequels that you do. I, I, I completely see uh, the validity in them. I can also see some of the problems uh, w- which you can run into by telling a prequel story, and I think well, that I'll, I'll which think this, so, is, this, so, this, this, this is one where it, it does make some mistakes. The issue I have with the show is that the first BSG is about the present, but then Caprica is also about the present, but it's mm-hmm. like a more recent present. So like, it feels like weirdly skewed. Caprica is, I would say, more superficially about the present, um, just as far as the technology that they have and that they're talking about. But then like BSG is talking about nine eleven. Um, so there's, I don't know, it's, there's just a weird. Schizophrenia? Yeah. Like, Caprica doesn't feel like it's 50 years older than uh, BSG. Well, I think that 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 isn't so much because they're both similar to the present day. I think it's more that they didn't really know what the Caprica before the fall meant. Like, they had this idea that Caprica reached this point of, like, like, decadence and hedonism... And then society collapsed with the Cylon War, but they didn't really know how that occurred, and that's why Caprica starts with this rant against the hedonistic society of Caprica and how on other planets it's not like that; it's a better place, and this is going to be their downfall. It really seems like the downfall was how annoyed people were with the hedonism, so they wanted to start a political revolution. And they said it's because of their hedonism, not just because I was annoyed by it, which really seems like that's exactly what it was. As we mentioned before, after a few episodes, as had always been the plan, Ron Moore turned over the writing staff to Jane Espenson, and she ran it until the end of the first half of the season. But this was the first show that she had ever run, and she left for the official reason was that she wanted to focus on just writing. She didn't want to run a room. She wanted to focus on just writing. Since then, more has been revealed, and it seems that... that Ron Moore has no, been revealed? No, but it seems that that may not have been so much of a choice as a decision which was made by the higher-ups. And Kevin Murphy was brought on to run the show during the second half. Now, Kevin Murphy is a guy who's written for a number of things... Not Mystery Science Theater 3000. 
But he has written for Desperate Housewives, uh, amongst other things. What's interesting about that is that when Murphy came on board, it was part of a conscious decision to make the show less Desperate Housewives-y and and more uh, action-oriented, in in a sense, more like Battlestar Galactica. And in my opinion, when they did that, the show got a lot better. And if you look at the finale of Caprica... It is quite good. Now, what? what well, about- it has momentum. It's going somewhere. Like the first six episodes of that show, mm-hmm. it really feels like people are kind of just bumbling around into plot points, right? And it doesn't really seem to be going in any direction. Whereas, like towards the end, there was this sense of like we've got to have things happening because nobody's watching this. Now, I don't think that, you know, all of the blame can be placed on Espenson and and Moore. I think that they were trying something, and they decided that what they were trying didn't really work. And, you know, Moore, along with David Icke and the, the higher-ups, decided that a change needed to be made. So it's not a case of, like, um, Moore saying, like, oh, man, this other guy comes in and completely changes my show, and I hate it. It was Moore saying, like we need the show to change and we need to bring in someone who can do a better job than I did. And that was, was Kevin Murphy. And I do think that the second half is substantially better than the first half, even though I did like the first half. Are are you guys in agreement with that? I think that calling the latter half of the show better and that it improved, that's, that's true, but it sort of misses the point that it was, essentially just damage control. It was scrambling to fix something that was fundamentally flawed. And that is the one thing which kind of disappoints me about it, is that uh, is that they tried something uh, different from Battlestar Galactica, and when what they tried wasn't working, I think it was very admirable of them trying. The fact that it didn't work is you know just kind of something that happens, but when it didn't work, the fact that their solution was to make it safer, make it more BSG, I think that that is disappointing. And essentially what Caprica told the network and told the world was, if you're going to have more Battlestar Galactica, you can't be different. You've got to just do the same thing again and again and again. That's completely nuts. That's totally bizarre. That statement is insane. And yet that's the truth. Because they didn't do something different. Doing something different would be, you know... Let's just, like, hang out with these colonials on Earth while they build civilization. That would be different. No one's done that before. All right, so, Brandon, any uh, final thoughts on Caprica? I like the show. There were some cool concepts. There were some questionable concepts. But I think it was a fairly worthwhile exercise. And I would have it would have been interesting to see how those stories or those ideas would have wrapped up. And of course, we'll never know. Um, at least not in a TV form. All right. What about you, Max? I say the same thing over and over again, but I, I find a lot of things about TV and movies very depressing. And the idea that they spun off Battlestar Galactica into this, I find very depressing. Because they spun off a very original show that had a kind of lame ending into a very traditional drama mold and they discovered that their traditional primetime soap opera drama with robots wasn't working 
So they had a robot uprising, and it, it's all really just kind of sad. It, it it all feels to me like like desperation for 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 an audience and for money and for attention, and to not let the franchise end. And that that's just that's pathetic. All right, I, I'm a, a very big fan of this show. I, do I think it's as good as Battlestar Galactica? Obviously not, but I I think if you look at it on um, its own merits, it, it is still quite worthwhile. And I do think that when you do place it, you know, into the context of Battlestar Galactica, it's really interesting how, um, unlike a lot of uh, shows, I mean, hey, look at Star Trek, where you know each show is ship based and half of them you know are about a ship named enterprise you know except for deep space nine you know and that was considered to be outside the box thinking this is way outside the box thinking for this particular franchise and um it really sort of disappoints me that um it didn't work as well as maybe it could have um because what i i think if this show had been successful, it would have opened the door to a lot of other really different um, shows set in this universe. And I think that um, a lot of them might have been good or interesting or whatever. And, and we'll never know because the failure of this show told the studio and the network that every other Battlestar Galactica show needs to be essentially blood and chrome. And that's quite disappointing. And while those shows may be good... Um, they don't have the potential to be as different and awesome as this one was from the original. So, Brandon. Yes. It's been a week. Have you listened to all of the Trek FM shows yet? I don't do anything but I I had to take time off just to do this. He's been tweeting about it nonstop. I have. Yeah. and Well, if you want to relive the memories, here is a clip with all of, of what's been going on in the past week over on Trek FM. He doesn't even need to listen to it because he knows everything they're going to say. Previously on Trek.FM, The Orb. Looking for Parlock in all the wrong places. Well, and you also get the feeling here that she's only... Re- I mean, Worf really is only being rejected because she's not interested. It has nothing to do with whether or not Worf is Klingon enough or any of that. She's just not interested. She's interested in Quark. Earl Grey. Romulans on TNG. You know, it's this TV trope of of an actor playing their own descendant or, uh, you know, it doesn't make sense. Okay, fine. If you want to... Right, because Data never plays his grandfather or great-grandfather or own descendant, but, you know, that's a terrible storyline. Or Michael Doran. The Ready Room. Well, I think after what he went through with the Zindi, you know, you see he's become very jaded. He's very cynical about things, and it would be easy for him to stay in that place, and it would continue to grow, and he would become nothing like the person he was, and and even lose sight of the person that he was, and never be able to get back there. To the journey. Voyager's funniest moments. They're seeing Sandrines for the first time, and you see that pool shark guy who is such a chauvinist pig jerk. Who says something to the effect to Balana of something like, treat a lady like a tramp and a tramp like a lady. It works every time. And she says, Paris, did you program this guy? And he's like, yeah, why? She said, he's a pig and so are you. Commentary, Trek stars. Battlestar Galactica. But with the, the new series, it, it really tried uh, 
to, to delve much deeper into the social commentary. You know, in a lot of ways, I think it was an excellent portrayal of a post-9-11 world. And I think it touched on um, a lot of aspects of our society. Warp 5. I'm not so sure that I can relate to the background as providing an explanation for her personal insecurities. I, I perhaps wondered if, if a part of that, I mean, it, you put her on, on earth in her element doing her teaching, working with, with languages in that safe environment. I, I don't think she would have the same level of insecurity. Trek news and views. Barge of the Dead. So to actually get a character episode that doesn't just explore Balana, but ex- explores the Klingon mythos at the same time. I mean, that was two for one. Literary treks. David R. George III, Revelation and Dust. And it feels like an evolution for Starfleet as well in the way that they build a star base. Well, I'm glad that came across because that was sort of one of the things that I was going for. You wanted it to be an evolution in Starfleet's construction of star bases. Mm-hmm. It should be something brand new. And because it's an important station, because it's in an important location, it, it really needed to be, I thought, uh, a grand station. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows for your daily dose of Trek Talk. We have new shows for you every day, and you'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Windows Phone, Xbox, Zune, or you can stream and download files from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. Brandon, where can people find you? Um commentarytrackstars.com You won't not find me there. (laughs) (laughs) You will find you there where you do commentary track stars off topic along with us. And you can also find us on Twitter at comtrackstars. You can find Brandon on Twitter if you look hard enough too. And uh, you can... you could. You could, yeah. And you can email us at comtrackstars at gmail.com. So that's it for Caprica. We will be back next week for the final show in our uh, Ronald D. Moore as a showrunner series. What's that show? Virtuality. 